Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Cozy Cassette. This week, I'm joined by uh, Hedy Abdel Latif, uh, amateur Ishtot Lulu slanger, and uh, <laughs> phenomenal producer Noeli, who uh, you just heard his little snippet at the intro of this podcast. Hey, I think it was phenomenal. I'll take it. Shout out to them. I'll take it. Yeah, we're going to talk about Benny the Butcher's latest release. Came out uh, last year, November. But, uh, you know, we're getting to it now, so deal with it. Tana Talk 3. <laughs> now, I, uh, I'll i be honest. I did not know mm. about this album. I didn't know about Benny until very recently, and I'm very, very glad I did because the man uh, created a, I'm going to call it a masterpiece from start to finish. Mm. It's. We'll get into all the details later, but I just want to preface this by saying this man has done something that I haven't heard in a long time, and I'm so glad that I got to hear it on this project. So, boys, what do you think about the project? Mm-hmm. I think go ahead. Yeah, like you, I had no idea that this thing even existed. I mean, I remember I mean showing it to me, like showing us, me and Shadi, a couple songs when I first got to Egypt in the break and i was like okay nice actually no i remember you sending me a couple songs from west side gun or conway mm. i don't remember which one i think it was conway. It was west side it, oh it was west side yeah mm. and it had featuring conway and i was like okay I've... at first i was like west side gun conway okay i haven't heard these names before then i went online and i realized they were signed to shady i was like oh okay they're in good hands Mm. And then, uh, obviously, when you showed me, uh, when you showed me and Shady a couple, uh, I think it was the intro. You showed us the intro, and you showed us Joe Pesci thirty eight. And then mm. instantly that day, we we went back, and me and Shady were chilling. And he's like, "What about like?" I'm like, "What?" He's like, "Joe Pesci thirty eight. I'm like, "Yep, play it." <laughs> we played it. We played it. Big car speakers, by fan, proper audio quality, and I was like. Damn, right. who, the f- who is this guy? Who produced this? And it was Derringer. And I was like, okay, Derringer. I'm going to have to remember that name. And then you and me went and we cruised around and we listened to the whole the whole album start to finish. And I got to say, like from start to... F- I, there, were, there were a couple tracks where I was kind of iffy about and then I heard him again. I'm like, nope, nope. Every, sing- oh, yeah, every single track on there is a gem. Mm. And I li- I started listening to it religiously since then, and yeah, I already added I added almost the entire album on a playlist. Fam, you know you know shit is good when <laughs> you're struggling to find songs not to put on a playlist. You know? Yes, yes, sir. Yes. Like, oh, what do I choose? Uh, fuck it, just put all put all of it, fam. Mm. Throw it all mm. in there. So yeah, I love Definitely. the album. Okay. Um. You're the you're the OG in this file. Tell us what you think. If you want me to go, all right. So, the first time I uh, I heard about these guys, one of my boys was um, what um, what's it called? The album that I showed Hedy the songs off of was called Supreme Clientele. Had just come out came out early 2018, right? I was like, okay, this is a really hard cover. I'm just gonna you know you're sitting there, you're going through your storage. You're like, I I'll click on the Spotify link, right? Click on it. And I look at the guy's discography, and he has 
a lot of, you know, a huge catalog, but not that much following, right? And that immediately piqued my interest because, you know, a uh, vet, a vet in the game, but not that much following. So I'm curious as to the content, right? Mm-hmm. And I start, right? I start sifting through, and he got his t- one of the, you know, the titles that his um, main album album listing goes under is uh, Hitler Wears Hermes. He has six of them, six volumes, right? And I was just really intrigued by the whole gang, right? By the whole movement. So I started looking into West Side Gun. He's got these two other rappers that he raps with, Benny and Conway. And I, I have to say, I've, I delved into them hard. I watched them freestyle immediately after I heard Supreme Blind Tell. And Benny instantly, instantly separated himself when I watched them spit freestyle, right? And I, I will put this little caveat just because it, this was close to Conway's um, sh- shooting. So he, he, he wasn't spitting with the same ferocity live, right? So that is a caveat, I will say. But it made me pick up on Benny. And I went to check out Benny and he said, okay, in three months, I checked from the date I checked, it was uh, Derringer and the alchemists are producing his entire next album and i think we're all students and, and and heavy listeners of alchemist and when you hear his name synonymous with anything it's like pharrell it just has that stamp you just know it's going to be good right mm. so i uh I, I clicked the album on when it came on and i remember that it wasn't even on our streaming services here on the first day but i got it on the second day and um i have to say like i started the year with a bite I started with the Daytona is the rap album of the year. Pusha spoke it. I recited it, and it's the existence, right? But man, if if Benny didn't give him a run for his money, like this album, mm. this album, like from the intro to All Seventy with Conway to Langfield to Joe Pesci Thirty Eight to Ninety Seven Hove, this I I challenge anybody to click on a shuffle and find me a subpar beat. The it's it's incredible to me how Derringer and Alchemist or whoever else was involved in the sound. I, I'm sure West Side Gun picks the songs because he's kind of like the 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 Phil Jackson, if you will, of like this music group. But he kind of whoever settled, whoever decided these are the songs we're settling on, it has an f- incredible ear because it's all the beats to me come from the same family, and there's not enough set to that because people can't pull that off as well as this album does so effortlessly like you're going song to song to song and it's just banger after banger but it's not like okay i need a break it's like no you these ones belong together this is a part of a cohesive thing here and uh that just really uh i felt like that's a kind of notch that's in its column that not many albums can get sonically and um needless to say the man's lyricism is what brought his him to my attention in the first place and he did not disappoint in the slightest bit whether it be the simplistic rhyme scheme uh, not the simplistic the the minimalist rhyme scheme in in, in the intro or it's the high-paced stuttery flow that comes in the what's it called in uh, broken bottles or what's it called or the second half of uh, 97 hope like mm. crazy the you know what i'm saying like the crazy yeah. amount of flows and range of flows that this guy can come at you with and still have the cadence and delivery like that it's just who, who rivals him right now? Besides, you know, of course, in the streets and the uh, drug uh, dealing realm of, of rap. But yeah, it's just uh, I have to say I think it is the street rap. It is the rap album yeah, of the I mean, year. It's hard to disagree on that point. 
It really is. I... Mm. And it's also, I mean, the thing I feel like it sets it apart from Daytona is it's twice as long. And it still doesn't disappoint. 14 tracks instead of seven. It's almost an hour long. It's perfect all the way through. See, that's a notch I actually gave it over Daytona. See, I learned from Parks, the producer, that um, typically all of our monumental, iconic rap albums that come to our mind, or my mind at least, are around the 50-minute mark. And yeah. this album, right there, I think it's at 48 minutes. Feel me? Like, it's right on the dot. So I kind of... Uh, appreciated uh, that he was able to fill all that time with music that didn't sound at all like filler. Find me the filler track. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, before we get into the album, I just want to, like, I have a little bit of a note about his, his lyricism. You said you alluded to this idea of having a simplistic, or sorry, yeah, a minimalist flow, rhyme scheme, and delivery. And I think when it comes to this type of subject matter, you know, drugs and, you know, street shit, mm. from Pusha T, I think we've learned that that's the best way to go. You know what I mean? You could see, I wouldn't mind if, you know, you, I have an artist who talks about the same shit that Benny, Conway, Westside Gun, Pusha T talk about, and he decides to go the Kendrick route, you know, these complex metaphors similes and and all these things i I love that 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 is my favorite style to this day for sure but i feel like this style complements that subject matter a lot more you know Mm. and it's one of those it's that what i call like the j-rock effect you know where Uh j-rock you know you have tde and everyone is pretty much a monster right but i would argue that people like j-rock and schoolboy q are the least complex lyrically yes, in comparison yes. to those in comparison to you know Kendrick and Absol but but I think that helps them because you know you ever just sit back and you listen to a J-Rock song and he says something and it's like it's very matter of fact but it just hits mm. it's like it just has that impact you know yeah like, even even Benny said on Joe Pesci 38 he said some of these stories uh, lack description, so I'm attached suspicion if it's fact or fiction. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, I think also I'm, I might be looking too much into it, but these kinds of artists sort of pull from their their past, not only th- in terms of the subject matter that they, they write about, but the way that they say it. Because, you know, when you're involved in shit like this, you know, you, you hear no evil, speak no evil, you know, you don't you don't talk. You keep it on the down low. So I think they take that, those years of secrecy and, you know, and, and uh, keeping things under wraps and they put it into their music. You know, they're not going to outright tell you all of what happened, right? But they'll allude to it. They'll give you a couple lines there where you can fill in the blanks, you know? Yes, yes. Which I love. Which I, it's just, it's so authentic. Absolutely. Yeah. I was going to say, um, there is one thing that I have to say that uh, this group has in abundance that, to me, to me is really important when it comes to considering a timeless album or a classic album or uh, album of the year, is that I, if I, and this is really a big downfall of Daytona, it's why I tend to agree with 
what Tufi was saying, and it's it's the idea that it's so short that there can only be so much of the thing that I'm referring to, and it's the it's the it's that effect that you get from complex albums where you keep listening to it, right? And it keeps revealing itself to you. Like you, you really can get everything from the album on that yeah. first listen. I'm I'm over here listening to to I don't know um what's it called um I'm trying to think of the songs I haven't referenced already from TT3. One second before the track list. But what's it called when I'm um. When I'm listening to Scarface for So So Rubber Bands and Wait, and I'm catching bars in between that I didn't catch on the first 13 listens. And it's not because I wasn't listening, it's because the previous bar had me in such awe that I was like, mmm. So I might have been mmming yeah. over the next <laughs> incredible bar that came. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And damn, tell me if that didn't happen with every J album, every Kendrick album, every, you know what I'm saying? It's the yeah. classics do this to you. They really do, yeah. Yeah, I mean... It has a lot of replay value. With yes. that being said, I think we should get into the it. album song by song. But I just want to hit on one point before we start. Is that right. When I was just doing know, yeah, go research for about this album, I saw that um, uh, West Side Gun, he, when he was talking about it, he, was, he talked about how this album took a lifetime to make, and it, you know, and it just kind of harkened back to the Reasonable Doubt days, and then I listened to Nice Heaven Hope again, and I just kind of got, like, I was put in such a, a state where I was intrigued so heavily by this album because of everything that was going on in the background that it made me appreciate it so much more. And let's, we'll get into everything right now, I mean, of course, but it's, this album, it's, mm, it's weird. Definitely. It's like, it's 100%. like, digging, and you, and you find, like, a bone, and then you keep digging, and then you find a fucking dinosaur. That's what this album feels like. Let me let me tell you, let me tell you, do you know that TT2 came out nine years ago and we can't find it on the internet because he, according, like if I can quote him, like he, he, uh, I'm hesitant to quote the butcher, you know what I'm saying? Like I can't just listen to TT and then <laughs> quote the guy, right? Like, and so um, he was saying that TT2 was like just a local project that he released to the, like to the, you know, the hood around, him, right? To the homies and the clicks around him. He wasn't really, it wasn't really a, a mainstream or released outputted piece of music. Yeah. So TT2 was a mixtape really. And then here we are getting this fleshed out Derringer alchemist concoction, really. Well, let's, uh, mm -hmm. let's get into it. Oh, I'm, uh, yeah, please <laughs> okay. do. I'm, I'm, I'm on my the edge of my seat. Babs, the intro. Why don't you, why don't you start us off? Yeah. Look for the for most of these tracks, I'm I'm always gonna start with the production because I think we can all agree as amazing as Benny's, you know, lyricism is and his delivery and what he brings to the album, you can't discount Derringer and Alchemist when it comes to this. I think no. in Babs, see, it's all it's almost hard to try to describe the production because I'm not very well versed in all the instruments that I'm sure and then the samples that were used, but it's that very uh, formulaic drum pattern that boom, 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 that you can just, you can layer all kinds of things on it. So when I heard it and I heard all these layers and, and, the, and like this grandiose production, I was like, okay, 
this is how you mm-hmm. start an album. And it, and it reminded me of, um, it reminded me of all the, all, all the old uh, Locks projects, you know, where mm. they always, you know, when you, when you, when you listen to a Locks album, you know, it's going to have a fire intro and a fire outro. And when I heard that intro, I was like, okay, this is going to be good. So yeah, I, fuck with I mean, production solid the entire way through. I thought it was a great way to start the, uh, the project because it was, it was New York. I mean, the man is from Buffalo. It was just references left and right. Referencing Biggie, Nicole Richie, you know, people like Bo Diddley. It's just, like, you, mm. At some point, you just don't even like realize what's going on. <laughs> Having Keisha Plum on, have that phenomenal, mm. phenomenal part yes in the intro i just it made me immediately realize oh i'm gonna love this there's no way i don't what about you i mean what did you think about the intro um it's um it's uh it's a it's one of those things that you tells you a lot about the album it's uh the intro has to has to summarize and really be the thesis statement of if you will, of the album, and God, if if it didn't do that anymore, and I I, I, I want to do what Hedy is doing and um, reference the production, and uh, I'm 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 pretty sure I have it down by heart. I know Derringer produced so Derringer solely produced the intro and the the brass and horns with the kick this the simple kick and snare combination. It's just it's just it's uh, he's like the ultimate. Um, blank in canvas creator and the blank canvas of course in this case is the beat he just gives the dopest blank canvases because the beats aren't so linear and intricate that the guy can't spit whatever flow he wanted to like this beat you could spit any which way on it and you know what I mean and it, it was perfect for Benny to come in and um, uh, people people should know like Babs is, is, is Benny's mom's name and um I like that he I like that he did that. You know what I mean? It's like in the midst of all the drug fueled bars and murder and winking at people and after they you know you killed their winking at a mother after you've killed her son and shit like that. In Nasty. the midst of all that, you know what I'm saying? In the yeah. midst yeah. of all Un- that, unapologetic. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah and I mean, the album, the intros, his mom's name. Some lines. You know what I mean? Like um, dilapidation and dope fiends, yellow pistains and snow. Every but every spring roses still manage to grow. So like that is like yeah, oh, yeah. you know it's so it's so like pure sort of, aesthetics to my soul. <laughs> it's like the good with the bad. Yeah, yeah. And then Keisha told you, was, yeah, yeah, no, like and that poem, isn't it, it, it? Didn't it really simplistically embody this um this inner chaos right. that it, that Buffalo did bring Benny, but it made him who he is and it's just oh my god the the execution it's just godly <laughs> uh-huh. oh. and then we get to good night so uh if we if we want to talk production this this song is the epitome of up to no good the scheme track you know what i mean mm. it's just it's it's this solemn you know dark you know beat and then, and the Buster Rhymes. Whoever chose that sample deserves an award. It was strange when I when I, yeah, yeah, because because yeah, first couple of listens I was like, this, like Buster, you know Buster's rhyme patterns and his his flow is very eclectic, 
and it really complemented this song because this song was not only just the epitome of up to no good but also confusion you know what i mean mm. it was it was a very eclectic kind of song and um there was there was a couple lines off of here that i was like all right we're dealing with a different animal you know like right. the, the beginning the verse where he's like I stole a pack, then I sold it back. We roll in lacks and got fold-up gats with shoulder straps. I'm mm. just a Zelda bitch, y'all know the stats. I need my safe overflow with racks and a yacht with a speedboat attached. Like, oh, my God. Like, bro, get Stop. the fuck out of here, man. You know, <laughs> just, just from the jump, he's not he's not letting up. And mm. that's that's pretty much the, the whole vibe of the song, you know? Right, just right. taking bits and pieces from that lifestyle. And putting it all into this, yeah, it's this it's package so for you, right? Like I could imagine so much just because of, just because of how he says it and the way he says it. Like you could literally put yourself in some of those situations. You're like, well, I I know how it kind of feels to do this and this. I guess if I escalate if I escalated that a couple you know notches, yeah. then I would be in the exact same spot. <laughs> yeah, a lot of fucking notches. Uh, like a lot of notches, yeah, and uh, and. Yeah, and um, th- those another thing that this track has, which you see a lot throughout the album, is those stabs, those piano stabs, you know, like strategically placed at like the end of the fourth bar, kid, before before the loop repeats. Mm. It gives a lot of character, in my opinion. Yes, you... yes, that they have that in um in what's it called, Broken Bottles ninety seven. Isn't a couple a couple of the considerably banger. A variety yeah. mm-hmm. but uh yeah i'm kind of with you guys like good night to me here's my thing i'm uh we're gonna at some point have to agree or talk about what kind of pitch a guy like benny sounds good over because not to get too beat oriented but like some rappers just sound good over low beats and sound some sound go sound good over high beats like to me rick ross will always sound good over the low beats, if you really think about it. Most of them are the grimy mid- and low-tone beats like Goodnight, though, like, like this beat in particular. And I'm going to be honest, I, uh, although I like this beat and it is exactly what Eddie was talking about, it's just mean and up to no good. Uh, what's it called? I, I really like, uh, I really like the, the slightly either slower or way faster up uh, high-pitched beats, per, per, personally. But... Uh, this beat definitely was there to follow the intro and give that mean demeanor to the rest of the body, you know? Yeah, and the drone, like, I don't know, ex- again, I don't know what exactly the instrument is, but that droning sound in the background, the that, yeah. yeah, that, I think, is a, uh, is a nice addition to it all as well. Right. So then we get, so we move on from Good Night, and uh, yeah, we get the Scarface versus Sosa part two, please, if you may. And um, again, it's it's really more of the same. Uh, shout out to Derringer in the intro. And again, some lines like "I know, I know you feel it, but it's realer in person." Hmm. Where I'm from, young niggas, killers, bitches, strippers, and nurses. It's like the the dichotomy, you know. It's like yeah. We have this and we have that as well. Just a melting pot of all of it. And we're all in the same situation at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Dude, I, I can't I also can't get over the, the <laughs> there's so many basketball references 
I it's 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 a thing that uh, I think speaks to the to the I don't know like I like it when they when uh, when you can't take the when the rapper can't disassociate himself from the verse. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. When they, you can't help but see aspects of him and even the storytelling part that might not have anything to do with a detail about himself, but telling him that he's Blake Griffin and stuff like that. Yeah. And another thing, uh, in the outro, he says, everything relate back to drug dealing. And that really stuck with me because, again, it just it, it plays into this whole unapologetic nature of of most of these songs where it's like, look, this is what I did. This is who I was, how I grew up. I'm not going to hide it. I'm not going to sugarcoat it, you know? And he does, in a strange way, find, like, he finds a way to really do, really relate everything back to the the profession, if you want to call it that, of drug dealing. Mm. You know, because at the end of the day, you know, if you detach the negative connotation associated with dealing drugs, it really is just an right enterprise at the end of the day. You know, mm. and everyone, yeah, you're in a business and everyone can relate to at, at a certain level what it's like to, to you know, to, to get up early and grind and go through the associated risks of your profession. Obviously, in this case, the risks, you know, are right. a lot higher than your average nine to five. Mm. But um, for a lot of people, and I'm assuming, and I hope rightfully so, that just like you said, I mean, that Tana Talk 2, you can't really find anywhere in the mainstream because it was more catered towards his people and where he came, where, where he, where he comes from. Right. Although this is a more commercial release, if you want to call it that it's more polished, it's more, you know, formulaic and more cohesive. When you get to songs like these, you realize, but he's not really compromising any of the integrity of what he talks about. You know, he's not, he's not holding back from, addressing these over exaggerating the subject matter and a lot of people are exactly and that's what i was going to say a lot of people in this genre when they're not about this kind of lifestyle you can tell and once you tell it takes away completely from the experience but you know you know reading these lyrics and hearing him speak them that this guy i don't know but hey i don't because i i've been listening to so much rap recently and then uh, we get we get hit with a f- fresh dose of reality called TT3, and we remember that we used to believe the rappers when they said the things they said. I l- listen for sure, but then once you know the the whole Pusha T versus Drake situation in the summer really opened my eyes to okay. There are two types of rappers: those who speak of things that they've seen other people do around them, and those who have done them. You understand what I mean? Yeah. And so I guess it, it sort of cleared my vision a little bit about a lot of the music I would listen to where, you know, you'd hear a rapper talk about things that you're not quite sure if they're really being genuine or not, but you sort of give them the benefit of the doubt because it's still right. good music at the end of the day. And this whole idea of separating the artist from from the music itself but I'm sorry, when it comes to stuff like this, I really can't. I can't separate them. So if someone, if, if, if a rapper is being phony about what he's done or, or being disingenuous, it really takes away from it. And I think this album has ruined, in a good way, <laughs> you can say, my enjoyment of some of the other artists that I've listened to. You know what I mean? When they, talk, when they speak of 
subjects like this. Like, right. I'm sorry, you know, we all love 5 a.m. in is Toronto, right? Am I, is that, that's the title, right? It's so the break's while. never going to be on this podcast, okay? Yeah. And and we all love that when when Drake you know is on his when is on when he's on his shit let's say that but right. you know when the sweatshop's working yeah when the sweatshop's in full effect but um as 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 fun as those songs are to listen to part of the appeal to me at least was part of me knew all right Drake like I know you're not about this but um it's just entertaining to me that you you yeah you act as if you are you know but this this is this is one of those moments where you're like oh no no this person has definitely lived everything he's been speaking about and it it adds more weight to his to his lyricism yeah uh any other thoughts i think this is the first part in the album where we get a whole reference and it just makes me realize how I don't know I don't know if if I want to say that that this is reminiscent of reasonable doubt from Jay Z, but it it kind of feels like the first time I heard reasonable doubt is like when I heard this album, like just you could you disagree with me and I want you to. Uh, uh, see, here's the thing. Reasonable Doubt kind of was kind of like, I'm not going to say it's the beginning of that New York street hustler sound, but it's kind of more, uh, more of like, you know, some people create it, some people bring it to the mainstream. Right, right. Like he, he just took it to that next level while Benny is kind of, I don't want to say reinventing the wheel, but it's just I'm I'm hesitant to bring him to the whole of conversation comparisons not, not, yet. You know, I want to get this clear. I'm not comparing the two. I'm comparing the feeling I had listening to Reasonable Doubt the first time because I can still remember that, and listening to this for the first time. It's okay. it was this weird like freshness, this weird okay. like you can tell something's going on, like something's about to happen, like something's gonna shift a little bit in the consciousness. Yes. Yes, like, yes. Okay, yeah, that I can agree with. Yes. Nowhere near a hove. Yeah, he's got man's got a lot of time. Not yet, we'll see, we'll see. Like he is Not thirty-one. Yet. He's thirty-one, yeah. He got time. Yeah. He's still in his prime. Oh, this is his prime for sure. Yeah, Hopefully he continues to escalate. Mm. And then Well Mustafa, I'm glad that you talk you brought up Jay Z because rubber bands and weight. The fourth track, mm. I think I don't know when I heard the chorus, his cadence at least really that reminded me of Jay Z when he oh, goes yeah. cocaine jumping out the pot, you know that felt yeah, very that like type of inflection, uh, that vocal inflection. That was it was no for sure it was, and I think that's where we start really getting getting into the heavy uh, uh, Jay Z uh, shoutouts, you know, paying homage to. From what I've heard, I mean, I've heard him on, um, I don't know if you guys listened listen to the Rap Radar podcast that they did. Yes. I know, I, I mean, that because you, you put me on that. He, he he talked about how his favorite rapper was 97 Hope, so it wouldn't be too unrealistic to assume that in this song, especially in the chorus, you know, it was a bit of a shout out to that Hove style, you know, that. Yes. I don't, 
I, I wouldn't say maybe maybe not in terms of the content, but definitely the vocal inflections, you know? Yeah, but he gets to that later. He gets to the content bit later. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, um, Rubber Bands and Weight, probably one of my favorite songs, especially mm-hmm. the the instrumental, that that whining string, you know, da, da, the, the whole the, the pitching up and down. Again, I mean, what is there really to say about the production? It's A1, and um, yeah. it's more of the same grimy. Uh, yeah. This one is produced by Alchemist, by the way. Yeah. Wait, I'm so, going to Google Eddie, it, like I'm pretty sure. bring up that this was one of your favorite tracks on the entire album, because this also was one of my favorite ones throughout the entire project. I don't... It's interesting, though, because I don't think it's, like, special in any way. I just thought it, like, it grabbed me, like, perfectly. Well, what grabbed me was the, the chorus, really. You know, Jay-Z inflections aside, um, I think a lot of the songs on this album, if, if there's one... And I'm hesitant to say negative or one gripe that I have about this album is that the choruses might be a bit lacking, you know, but that could just be because he wanted a more, he want, yeah, he wanted a more stripped down bare bones formula so he can focus more on what you're, what, what he's saying throughout the verses, which in this day and age, most of the songs we listen to nowadays, especially the, you know, the, the hits really are more hook or chorus focused but this song had one of the i guess you could say the most memorable choruses for me maybe because it was, it was like just you more, could bounce to it you know formulaic and more cohesive exactly you could bounce mm-hmm. through it this whole this whole song is a bounce to be honest i mean just the again the way the beat moves the way it rides da, da, da. it's it's nothing like it's nothing out there but it's you just—it's one of those headbangers, you know. You sit there in the car with that mean face on, mm, and you just listen, yeah, you know what I mean? And yeah. you just, you're 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 down for the ride. So, did did the production on this track not give anybody else a little so bit of anxiety? So, what do you think? I mean, yes, in what sense? Like, I I know why. It's because it, I can tell you that there was a version of this beat that definitely had an extra element, instrument, or something that made it. So that the whole beat didn't reside in this monotone, yeah. low pitch. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. it's, it's kind of so. Um, like typically, they'd have like a a whine or a drone or a high pitched thing come around just to for your ears to release kind of this. You know what I'm saying? Like every maybe eighth bar, eight bars or sixteen bars or something. But Alchemist is is kind of famous for uh, you know these kind this this kind of sound selection, these grimy. Uh, loops that people kind of I mean, you know that really become synonymous kind of with like name. Production, yeah. it kind of keeps you on your toes like you always got to be alert like it's making it so you can't like lull and kind of mm. just let it play in the background and forget about it it wants to capture you and your attention so hard right right there are no subtle beats the only one that i might say is a little subtle yeah. but then the second half gets crazy is 97 hope but we're gonna get there so then we, uh, you guys mind if we move on? No, go ahead. No, fast idea. Wait, here's the thing. We, me and Hedy were talking about this. Like, there is this thing that that these these two producers in particular do, and Alchemist, of course, has you know been in the game his way longer than Derringer, but still, like, um, they're both very high level at this ability to take 
loops that don't particularly belong at this tempo or would work on this particular drum pattern and fitting it, right? Which is why you get this... It's weird. They take so many different genres and sample them, but it's almost as if the beats are all from the same family or album or whatever, right? And yeah. that's the special thing that he did. This, this, that's that string that's like kind of violinist. That little that thing that's like humming and yeah, that that string instrument that's just like that's pulling that re- repetitive little thing. It it the thing is is you know where it starts, but the second, third, and fourth repetition are kind of random and scattered they're not really sticking to the timetable and although a lot of people do this it's hard to make so many of them and make them sound all like they're here they're part of this do you know like yeah i get what you mean yeah yeah i understand toofy what do you think fast eddie i don't know man maybe I might get a lot of shit for saying this, but it just—it wasn't one of my favorite tracks on the on the project. Like I liked it, it just never really like grabbed me like some of the other tracks did. I don't know. Maybe I need to listen to it oh, a couple more times. But okay, okay. I don't really have much to say. I, I think you should. I think you should give it a couple more listens, just because um, um the first verse isn't um what's it called where uh, it, it pulled me in. The second verse is really where I got pulled in. He said, um, I mean, that's why I mentioned how good I am at cooking the brick. Went so deep in the game, I, stu- I understood I couldn't repent. Stood on the strip, P90, these bullets are swift. They're probably going to lift the hood of your whip. Your whip. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it comes in on the second verse on this nice little machine gun flow. And it's, uh-huh. uh, I'll give it, it, it'll I'll win you over. Just give it a try. I'm honestly, try. I know for a fact I am nowhere near done with this, listening to this album. I think we're all I'm there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Eddie. I have one small thing to say about it. Um, I think, Mustafa, what you're talking about is like you saying that it wasn't that memorable or, you know, that it was all right for you. But nothing more than that. I think that might be just the effect of, like what I like to call like the fifth track effect, where when yes. you have four previous tracks, all of which really grab your attention and and suck you into the experience, you're about to get to get to a, tra- a track or a song where I guess you're just a bit fatigued at that point. You know what I mean? But then, of course, like in my opinion, we catch a second wind on Broken Bottles. Oh my goodness. This might be one of, if not my favorite song, you know? And I'm, I'm still trying to decide between this, 97 Hove, and, and Joe Pesci, 38. But, it's because uh, we listen to it in the whip, yo. Yeah, man. No, this, the, I, I've been playing the song on repeat for the past week and a half, okay? Mm-hmm. The beat, let me just say one thing, and I know all of you are going to agree. That wind chime, that... Uh-huh, uh-huh. That Perfect. that shit is, you know, it's 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 one of those beats where we can all reference legendary hip hop instrumentals, right? But one thing I think all of them have in common is one thing, one thing either in the foreground or the background, in like the high end, low end, something that catches your ear, you know, and 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 dictates the the flow of the beat and for me it's that like wind chiming effect you know it's right and the and the and the piano those piano stabs on every exactly yeah. yeah but that wind chime effect or 
again, maybe I'm looking too deep into this. I guess like the sound of two bottles clanging together, you know, mm. that's what really got me hooked to this. And of course, the lyricism, I mean, you can't, you can't discount that. You know, I got a large bag, clips, hard hats and sticks. My, my squad tag and shit. Y'all, y'all catch attempts. You leave the house, have some sense, nigga. Grab the blick. My little homie left without it, and I ain't get to dap him since. <laughs> it's like, yo, 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 yo. I have to. I, I gotta say this. Like he, he did. He did. He might have said the meanest, the meanest line of um of 2018. Like genuinely. Like it was. Call my nephew with some work. I guess he called himself trapping. Uh, I said, just know the consequences if they catch you with it. Nah, I ain't mad you, Jalen. Hit me. I send it at you, nigga, and show you how to shit and bubble wrap and wrap in a plastic suit. I'm like, this is the meanest, this is the meanest nonsense I have ever, oh my, like, this is just something else. This is so special to, like, to be able to put it in that way, you know? Just imagery that he is able to relay through the music, which is phenomenal. Because you know that that line could have been said a thousand different ways, a lot shittier. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. That's see, that's what he does well. Is I think that's what Benny really aces as well. Is that a lot of these lines, when we say simplistic or or, or laid back, you know what I mean? When it when it comes to that, you can go. It can it can go one of two ways, right? You sit there and you're bored for forty five minutes, or it has this desired effect where it's like, go ahead, like metaphors, fuck that, similes, just say it like it is, you know? And it's, it's just, it's, 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 it has that shock factor, you know? Because I think, I don't know, I, maybe I speak for myself. If we catch one of our youngins, let's say our younger siblings, cousins, nephews, whatever, doing something like that, that we've done, you know, knowing the consequences related to it. We would most likely, you know, make sure that they don't go down that route. But again, it just harkens back to this unapologetic nature of this whole album where it's like, nah, I get what you're doing. I understand why you're doing it. I'm not mad at you. In fact, you know, hit me up. I'll show you. If you're you're really about this, I'll show you how to do it right. And it's like, you can't be mad at him. It's like, yeah, you know. The yeah, victim of your no circumstances at like, the end of the day, it is, it's just so mean. It's just not going to survive. Yeah. No, but we're used to the, stop it, and I'm going to tell your mom and go home. But Yeah, like, that'll do what, like, that'll have the desired effect. And then, uh, well, yeah. yeah. So Echo then Long. we get on to uh, hey, Echo Long. Mm. I don't really have an opinion on this song. I'm, I'm going the Mustafa route, where when I got... When I got to this song, I was like, okay. Again, I don't. there's not a single bad song, in my opinion, on this album. It's just ones that stick with me and ones that don't, you know? And I'm not saying that I would ever skip the song if it comes, if you know, while I'm listening to it, but it's like I won't be playing, paying as close attention to it. But maybe I'm wrong to do that, I don't know. See, I, I will give a take just because I've, I've gone, I've listened to this song many, many times just because of the West Side Gun verse. Uh, he's actually, he's on the, he's on the hook. But, um, sorry, not the hook, the chorus. He's on the chorus. But, um, what's it called? He, um, he drops this kind of, uh, the beat is kind of slow and, wait, I have to make sure we're, 
we're crediting the people because the last beat, the Broken Bottles, was by Alchemist, and Echo Long is by Derringer. So the West Side Gun verse and the and the Broken and what's it called, the Benny verse, go off of each other. They're talking about the same scenario, and uh, it's I don't know. I could see why Hedy would say the, you know, it, the song kind of blended in with the background. I can understand that, but at the same time, the there's a, quite a few quotables, and they're not coming to me right now. And I'm open the page just so I can. Dear Mama, I'm a writer version of Tupac. Ice Rolly, can't tell if the minute hand, wa- hand work on the watch. My daughter seen me with a gun. Look at me. I'm, look at me like I'm crazy. I pulled her on the other room and said this for our safety. Like I'm just like, mm. he has yeah. so many of these lines that are just too much. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you're, you're, you're with him in the scenario. And that's why yeah, I kind of yeah. can't disassociate from the song just because although I, I can't, I, I'm not, going to this song off the rip just because it's surrounded by so many great ones but it still has so many quotables you know what i'm saying right yeah the chorus too I, i'm a fan of the chorus as yeah. well i like i love west side gun's voice i know a lot of people he might rub him the wrong way and i was one of those people when i first heard his voice i was like oh, i don't know if i'm gonna like this you know but mm-hmm. he really grew on me I, he right. really grew on me i, I like his in, inflections and I like the chorus too. I had a nigga cook my motherfucking dinner. I had a nigga eye my clothes. <laughs> you know? He'll bring him my phones. Oh, shit, stab him in the neck if he owes. Like he'll he'll see he'll say stuff like like stab him in the neck if he owes. But the way he says it, yeah, he just it's says so it very melodically, you know? Right. But um right. I guess what kind of rubbed me the wrong way about this song was the Mayhem Lauren verse which isn't bad i don't think it's a bad verse i just really i don't know maybe i'm gonna i'm i'm a griselda elitist but <laughs> i would have i would have liked conway on this better you know what i mean oh listen listen it's hard to it, it to me it's like oh i'd rather a than lambo it's like i right. <laughs> like i'm not gonna say no but you know what i'm saying like yeah i know i know like again it's not a bad verse by any means but I since he had you know you already have West Side Gun on the course why not you know the whole I'm collective Bill you know I'm with you I'm with you. all right and I'm with you I don't know some of Mayhem I didn't I like Mayhem's verse on it I I didn't hate it it just kind of felt I know Mayhem runs with uh, with Action Bronson and those guys and that's all yeah I really that's think about yeah that, that, that's what it so was you know, dude has a cooking show you know what I mean it's like. I couldn't. I could yeah. not disassociate that image in my head from what I'm hearing. It was. And there's. I mean, there's funny lines in there. You know, with Mayhem, you know, there's gonna be one or two funny lines. You know, like <laughs> I'm crispy as fuck, <laughs> and gorgeous and great. My boss smelled like Bulgari. Like this shit, shit's funny, but like, I don't know how well yeah. it's made. Yet, honestly. Luckily, though, the next track. I mean, I'll let you. I'll let you do all the talking. Oh Man. my god! See, um. This is definitely one of my favorites. I this is one of my go-to's, not the intro or um, or Joe Pesci thirty-eight, um, just because of the the beat change. But just to stick to the formula, the the initial beat that comes in, I think it is produced by it's produced by Derringer, and then the second half is by Alchemist. So by Alchemist, yeah, yeah. So Derringer did um, the the little piano, da-na, da-na. Uh-huh. and and honestly. Um, I really, although it is simple and not too intricate, there's just the flutters around of it that make it really pretty and give it that little bit of, you know, 3D texture. 
it um the what's it called the the what's really special about the beat is the 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 rhythm and the temp the bpm that allows uh, what's it called benny to come in on that storytelling flow you know what i'm saying like yeah i'm born in 80, 84 but i'm like 97 ho you know what i'm saying like yeah i was 96 pulled up in that 97 row you know what i'm saying Cook- yeah. i went platinum off a of rig i cooked on 97 stoves 97 stoves yeah so the thing is is uh that's all great and excellent but then if i, I just want to make sure i'm quoting this right because it's super special there's a pimp c skit right mm-hmm. and yeah, there is. The, a lady asks him, you're real angry. He says, you know why I'm mad? I'm going to tell you why I'm mad. I'm mad because everybody on the everybody line, everybody's this big D-boy. Everybody says these hardcore, they're hardcore gangsters. Everybody going to do this to each other when they see each other. And truth be told, we're too blessed and we're having too much money to go in this rap game to be going to war with each other. And then the beat drops. And mm. when that happens, it's, mm. just, it's just chaos. It's this. The, it's almost as if the room gets 500 feet larger, and the ceiling yeah. that much larger, and there's this echoey piano two-note chime. Da, no, da, no. And honestly, although there isn't too much going on beat-wise, in like it's the same four-bar loop. It is the quintessential thing that needed to be wrapped over that. Benny came in so hard with that initial verse, that, he, that initial, uh, what's it, those initial two bars, they had to spit them twice. Yeah, we pulling up, jumping out the V12 engines, detail kitted females with us, the hoes driving like it ain't got no seatbelts in it. Nonsense. Like, what? And, uh, and it's like, yeah, run the, yeah, that, that's it. Run it back. Yeah. Run it back, honestly. Yeah. No, yeah, look. Yeah, you pretty much touched on everything I was going to say. And the beat. I like how they split it 50-50. You know, Derringer went with the with the first part and then the alchemist came in at, at the second part and um, what I realized I loved so much about this beat was yeah it was simple yeah it was you know the basics but it, it kind of reminded me of some early Mob Deep you know what I mean mm-hmm. like, those, like those early records oh, like yeah. the infamous and hell on earth and all and those those early records where it was very simple production, but it was so New York. Like this, this this might be one of the most New York beats on this album. Like, like New York, New York. You know what I mean? Right, right. And I and I was dying to hear Benny on something like this. That it sort of it it, it put me in this frame of mind where it's like, all right, I can imagine Benny being you know coming up in the nineties. When all these greats were coming up, you know, Mob Deep, the, you know, the Biggie, Hove, all these people, and he would have held his own. Like, right. I, I, I firmly believe he would have held his own. And he would have gone down in the history books. You know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, I just, look, I, I love it when there's a beat change. I'm a sucker for beat changes. Okay? And I what I love yeah. more about it is, you know, you have some songs where the beat just flips without any warning, and that can mm. be that 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 has its own charm to it. But when you can transition seamlessly into another beat, that's what I really appreciate. That's what I. That's where like the skills of these producers shine. And the Pimp C, the Pimp C skit was really well thought out and strategically placed, in my opinion. You know, because yeah. this whole album. 
you could say one of the themes, if you want to call it that, of this album is separating the so-called hardcore gangsters from the people who adopt that persona to further their careers, you know? Mm. And I think we got to a point on this song where it's like, okay, you know, Benny's like putting putting his foot down, you know what I mean? It's like yeah. he's 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 seen enough of these actors, these 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 phony rappers, and it's like, you know, he just went all out with. Definitely, yeah. Might be might be my favorite song on the album. Really, I mean that's. Yeah, I mean I could I honestly I couldn't disagree with that. It's such a phenomenal track. Yeah. And it's I I I I don't want to compare him too much to Pusha, but it's like Pusha mm-hmm. said, you know. A rapper turned trapper, they can't. They can't be us. <laughs> you can hear that so well, and it's you wonder like how, like what's in his brain, man. Like it's so strange to me because you're like he's coming up with all this and he keeps going. Like and it's not like some. You know how some artists they'll have tracks and they'll reference the same thing over and over and yeah. over again. You know, Drake references the same three people on every fifth track. <laughs> the game's gonna name drop like the entire industry, like you know. <laughs> but like benny i just he just he has so much to offer because i've been combing through his discography and it's just nothing i don't want to say nothing sounds like obviously there's going to be overlap but it's just it's just different everything's just new it feels like i'm learning something new every single time i listen to joe pesci yep game joe pesci 38 yeah joe pesci 38 who wants to start maybe you all right, so this this has a special place in my heart just because for the entire winter, basically, me and Shady have been playing this every every single time we get in the car to go anywhere. Without, you know, it's like it got to a point where it's like it's not even a question w- what he's going to play. It's like you you have to start with this song. So I have to, I, I would say that this might be my favorite instrumental off of the album. Mm. It's it's definitely the most 100%. complex, I would say, most layered, most grand, you know, like it's uh, it has a, it's very sample heavy, and it's also very uh, like the the genre of the samples and all of that. I think you can you can hear it when when you hear the song, you know, what I, you know what I mean, and. Yeah, the, yeah. The title, I just love the title, my Joe Pesci thirty eight. It's yes. just it's clipping uh, the ashtray. Paying homage <laughs> so to good. paying homage to one of my favorite, if you want to call them gangster movie actors, you know, yeah, the good the Goodfellas references and all of that. Yeah, you you hear that layered. You know, he mentions the Sopranos, he mentions the Goodfellas, he mentions all these phenomenal gangster movies, and you knew he grew up on that. Yeah, and I'll say it again, it's very New York, but in a different way. It's New York in the sense that he's paying homage to these mafia-style, like the mafia, like, like you know, these mafia-style figures, these legendary um, mob bosses, you know, that are, for better or for worse, an integral part of New York's history, you could say, you know? Hmm. But yeah, but nothing more to say than that. I mean, I loved it. Again, I'm still, I'm, 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 I'm constantly having internal debates which song overall is my favorite. But again, this is definitely on the top three, in my opinion. 
it's tough, yeah. I mean, this and 97 Hove and Langfield might be some of my favorite tracks on this album. Uh, this is definitely one of my favorite beats for sure. I, uh, I'm in love with the violin sample. It's just, uh, it's just, it's almost as if it was made to be sampled for hip hop. Like it just works yeah. too well over the drums and the, the loop. It's just, uh, it was a match made in heaven and it just really, uh, like Hedy said, it might the strongest instrumental off the, the tape. And it's, uh, although the, you know, the beats are all layered and intricate in their own ways. It's just, this one is just so effortless, you know, like it sounds effortless. Like it's just. It's just the, the main melody resides over the whole beat, and it's just it doesn't go away, and you're, you're not left with him rapping over some drums. It's just there the whole time, and it's just so good that you don't get sick of listening to it, you know? Yeah, and I just want to say one more thing about the su- like the subject matter of the song. This is my one of my favorite songs, primarily because it's such a, it's like a victory lap, you know? It's mm. like he, yes. He, He's been through the worst. He's lost God knows how many people through all the things that he's been through. But it's like there's just one line that's, again, like even simple for Benny's standards. Where he's like, um, mm-hmm. I'm, oh, yeah, it's like I played with more keys than a locksmith. It's like I'm good at everything. I got this. Mm-hmm. It's like just the way he says it, you know, it just gives you that, that feeling of elevation. Feel like, like, yeah. Like yeah. Not just that, it gets you whatever you're going through life. It gets you saying, you know, you know, I got this. Yeah. 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 So then we we get to uh, who are you? Hold on, hold on. Now, with Royce and Melody Rutherford, which I I didn't know anything going into this album. I was. Yeah. When I heard Royce yeah, yeah. start the fucking oh, yeah. It was so high. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean remembers. Damn. Yes. I, I had the same reaction. So, yeah, no, I got to say, Royce, I love I love his delivery on this. I, I always like it. I don't know if you guys agree. I, I usually like rappers to stick to the formula when it comes to delivery. Like, I don't like it when they're all over the place and they're falling off the beat. But Royce may, almost makes it seem like he's about to fall off beat, and then he doesn't. You know what I mean? And it works yeah. for him. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Any also, other thoughts? Mm, Royce drops just the quintessential Royce verse, doesn't he? Like, it's Pretty so, much. Yeah. It's so, like, he, he starts off with those triple on, couple triple entendres. Which are bordering on a like it's so good, but it's whack, but it's good. Like what he said, I'm not gonna rob you blind. I'm gonna rob you seen. I was like, <laughs> yeah. mm, I don't know if that's whack, but okay. What he said. Look, as a man who appreciates puns, <laughs> I like that line. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, border on something else there sometimes, but but at the same time, it is it is. Oh, I just really liked also Benny's verse when he followed. Royce, it was. I, I, you could almost tell that he he really catered this verse to follow. You know what I mean? Like he, yeah. this was written after the fact. This I don't feel like this was written before the fact. But it, but but that doesn't take anything away from it. It's just super special, regardless. I'm trying to remember any lines from it, but um, he said. Um, I love that um that line when he said, 
He wants to remind you just how just tough and just how much, you know, he does not care. And he doesn't, he doesn't want to portray this like, oh, nice guy image. He, he wants yeah, to he know, said, hey, he I'm said, the bad guy. So the here. dope okay, man fed us. We Graham Sellers. I'm more Manuel Noriega than Mandela. Mandela. Ridiculous. Like, Ridiculous. And he's just so high level. You want to go to the next one? Yeah. At 51. Mm. 51. I'm going to have to revert back to the same thing I said earlier. This one didn't really grab me. There were some notable lines in there that I really liked. Because obviously, I mean, he's going to deliver some phenomenal shit. I like that Mm. James Carter line. Mm. Uh, but I thought honestly the people who like even though it wasn't really much I liked that little break with the, with him and Westside I liked Westside's verse I think more than I liked Benny's on this track right um I, I I'm I'm gonna be honest I'm just a sucker for Westside verse I, I, Benny's verse was good but it was one of the less standout verses on the album overall but Westside's verse I'm I'm weak for I love the moment line yeah. <laughs> I yeah. Come on, and he dro- He doesn't. Need- he doesn't say it. He says it slow enough where you might even miss it. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. he says it in a lack of like. Look at this verse. It's like ten lines, but it's like a minute and a half long. Not actually. It's like a minute long. You know what I'm saying, right? He, he yeah. spits his shit over. Yeah. He takes his time, but uh, it's kind of a uh, why. It's like I don't know. It's a charm effect for me. But um, yeah. I, I enjoyed the song, but it's uh, it's not one of the huge standout ones. Then we get to Rick. Oh yeah, the uh, mm. the Rick James yes. track. I like it. Too. I like this song, man. Yeah, yeah. The chorus, I like the chorus for sure. Yeah. The chorus was phenomenal. I I know you said that you know Benny's not really like. He doesn't like the choruses. Obviously, aren't his prerogative when he's, when it comes to making an album like this. But he did it for fucking really mm-hmm. well, really well. Like mm-hmm. I can't hate on it at all. I just it always makes me feel like I don't know if he had like another artist, even if they were delivering the exact same lines. I think it could be. It could have just been like a little bit better. But mm-hmm. uh, I know Derringer produced it, and uh, what's it called? I have the list in front of me now. And what's it called? Um, um, I was gonna say there was a couple of um, of um, God damn it! Did I lose my point? There was a couple of references in this song that oh no, not references. What's it called? Um, there was a couple of choices in the beat selection that I really fucked with because Derringer, although like although he, although most of the beats are grimy, he he put a little extra sauce on this beat. To make it sound like to make the beat sound like it's almost vinyl, if that makes any sense. Like it sounds low quality. Like it wasn't like like it's almost yeah. under mixed, if that makes any sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's lo-fi. Yeah, definitely. That's that's the word. Langfield. Damn. I love mm. Langfield. Like Langfield, honestly, might be top two on this, on this project for me. I like. I like the the references to Machine Gun Black. I mean, and I uh, talked a little bit about it earlier, but I didn't I didn't know that it was him on the on the uh, on the cover mm-hmm. until after I listened to the project. I love the lines about his mother. 
Everything was just yeah. I think I think why this is one of my favorites is because Benny just went in. You know, he's he's yeah, he was so he's talking about his brother, so you know he's gonna hit 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 it from all angles. How it affected him, how it affected the people around him, his homies, how it affected his mom, what it was like to sit there in that prison cell, you know, hearing about this and knowing that, and when he's like, uh. Take a minute. Imagine that when your whole crew strapped and you don't know who to clap. Mm. You know, it's that it's that feeling of helplessness in even in a scenario you know, where where you're fully equipped to handle the situation, but you're just helpless regardless because there's nothing you can do. You know, what is done is done, and I think that really shined through on this on this track. It's maybe probably his most vulnerable i guess if you want to call it that you know definitely and and just so people know this is the this is the story from the cow but from benny's perspective yeah 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 um and i have to say fucking sonically jesus christ like you i only like one realizes this but like i'm i'm nitpicking right like i'm picking at the 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 two percent of this album that i could even nitpick at right but this album needed a kind of high-tech beat kind of you know what i'm saying with like clappy snares and like high-pitched drums and you know what i'm saying and when this came in with that beat i was like "Uh uh-huh like yep and and what was it that that you know what i'm saying i really like those little melodies just to remind you what era you're in you know it's like, yeah, we can pay homage to the oldies, but we're here, you know? But, like, don't forget, I can still, you know, with the best of them today, exactly. I can still fucking get guys. Definitely. Finally, finally, we get to all seven. And finally, yeah, we get a Conway feature. The whole crew's on yeah. it. <laughs> and I think there's no better way to end the album, you know? Just get the whole collective on one track. Definitely. Conway. Uh, Westside yeah. on the uh, on the chorus and Conway with his own fucking first. Which, oh, he killed. It's yeah. such a killed. mean song. To Conway comes in mean as hell. Mm. Yep. I... But then he he cuts it with other stuff. You know, he cuts it with like he's so aggressive as hard, and then he's like, "Huh? I was just a noble Ian Long mm-hmm. Jasmine. Racks and pockets, diamonds in the watch." Like, let's not forget splash. how much of a player. Dude, and again, is. I'll go back to the the thing that Derringer does with these beats, where he fits him. He fits these unorthodox guitar solo riffs into this like rap beat formula, and it's just it's so. Although it's so like effortless for us to just sit here and listen to it, it's like I can't I can't stress enough how like hard it is to make these beats come out the way they sound. It's, he's just so good at it. It was very Pusha T esque, you know, when you when you talk about these guitar riffs and these guitar licks, you know, it reminds me of. Maybe I'm reaching here, but it reminds me of um, nostalgia. Oh, nostalgia. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I definitely hear that. You know what I mean? With with the whole guitar riffs and everything. Now you say Same it, family, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it was just a really good way to end the album. And it, it, it leaves you wanting more, which is another I'm thing that... I'm so excited for whatever mm, many will put on. Mm, definitely. I, 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 here's one thing I will tell you about these people. Like, these people will not 
take their foot off the pedal. Like I think they put out eight projects last year, and like mm. there's they, eat, they what you, so eat what you uh, eat what you kill one and two. Um, what's it called? Um, that Conway dropped. There's the black tape Conway dropped. There's um, Tana Talk. There's Supreme Blind Tell. There's Hitler Wears Hermes. Like they dropped so much music. You know what I'm saying? This all came out in 20. Yeah. So like, yeah, we're definitely gonna be seeing more of them. I have no doubt. But um. And now with Shady behind them and Aftermath and the whole collective, we're gonna get a lot more polished content. I definitely. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, hope so. hopefully this. I'm gonna be honest. Like, I do want to see, uh, him branch out sonically, but not really. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he does what he does, and he does it well. And I just I worry that if he tried to pursue other avenues, because now he's part of like this bigger label, and he has all these people behind him who might try to push him to do something different, that we lose like mm-hmm. the essence of the music. I really hope that doesn't happen, but like I'm excited, man. I really like, even if he does try to switch it up a little bit, I want to see how his he would incorporate, you know, other. I, I want to see Benny over stuff. Justice League beats, not Metro Boomin beats. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. Boomin beats, like yeah. Like leave the Metro Metro Boomin beats for 21. And yeah, for today's is, Travis. You know? The thing is, I don't see how he even could get on these beats. Like I I can't see Benny deciding to do that, and if he does, I don't know. I can't see you know. His colleagues, you know, Westside Gun, especially Westside, and and Conway, looking at him and saying, "Oh yeah, yeah, this works," because I just, it it doesn't fit. He's I I don't see how he has that. I don't see this ability to, you know, tone it down. I guess you could say, or maybe it's just that his voice and his his cadence, his his whole style. I I can't see how he can switch it in a, up enough. To cater to a metro woman type beat, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you, you need you need a certain level of you need to be melodic in a certain way, you know. And this isn't a stab at him. I'm not saying that he doesn't have the ability to be melodic, but it's just not his lane. It's just not his lane. Right, 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 definitely. Anyway, I think uh, should wrap this up. Just a couple of closing thoughts. I am engrossed with how phenomenal New York hip hop has become. Mm. Is anyone not, like I, I? I'm not gonna say that New York hip hop is is making a comeback or anything because it's been it's been like working towards it. But there's been so many players in that in that space who are so sonically different and yet like. No, I'll know, say I just it. Want to feel like a music of New no, York. No, I'll say I, I think right New now. York is making a comeback. I think. I mean, New York had a great year. Seriously. In terms of projects dropped, yeah. like you had Dave East, you had Styles P, you had, you had Griselda, you know? And even even the, like the New Age artists, you know, like A Boogie, and although I don't really fuck with their music that much, you, you are seeing a resurgence of, of this uh, New York flavor, I guess you could say, you know? Because for yeah. a while, for a while, without getting too much into this, for a while, they were borrowing heavily from the South, you know, and sort of, yeah, Everybody but they, was, the problem with New York is not only were they borrowing from the South, they were sort of forsaking their own musical style and their own sound to do it. When you had the West, the West Coast, for example, kind of stuck to their guns a little bit more. 
You know what I mean? Like, like they, they, yeah. and maybe it's just because the West Side, West Coast style production has more commercial crossover. You could say it's kind of hard to have commercial crossover in this day and age with these grimy beats and you know the boom bap type instrumentals. But I was, I was kind of disappointed at a certain point with how they really were just taking bits and pieces from Southern influence music and sort of, you know, throwing their own under the bus. But hearing this and, you know, hearing the Styles P and Davies project earlier this last year and, and all of that really put, in my opinion, at least for me, put New York back on the map. Mm. Definitely. Definitely. Well, uh, if you guys had to rate this album on a number yeah. Yeah. The worst part about yeah, I mean, we don't have to, but it's I. Nah, we got to, bro. How else we gonna catalog this? <laughs> okay, two feet go for it. I'd have to give it a high eight. Maybe I like I. I don't want to say a nine because there is something to be said about the variety on this project. Like mm. there wasn't much, but it was solid all all around. So I think a high eight, low nine is where I would place this album. Let's say uh, eight point. All right, thank 8. you, Anthony. Uh, I mean, I had Tufi was was my conscience as he was he was reciting what was in my head. All right, so high eight, low nine. I see you. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I have to agree with you guys. I would I would put it at a at a high. Eight. I, I will say my reasoning is also just because I choose to believe there's room for growth sonically in Benny, but I can't call this a 9.5, which is where I was going to go at first. And then he drops TT4, and and then World War Three ceases to occur. You know what I'm saying? Like Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. See, for me, yeah, it's, it's definitely an 8, a high 8, low 9. But more than that, I guess what a 10 out of 10 is, in my opinion, is one of those albums where, you know, I'm going to have to say, to, like To Pimp a Butterfly, where you sit there and after listening to it, by the third listen, you're just, you don't have anything to say. You're just left speechless, you know? And I wasn't left spe- speechless, which isn't a knock on this album, but I think when I have that, when an album has that effect on me, that's when I go, all right, yeah, 10 out of fucking 10. You know, when I feel like there's and when I feel like there's nothing more that that artist could do that could ever top it. For better or for worse, that's a 10 out of 10 for me. And I do feel like he has a lot of room for growth. So, yeah. yeah and I like I like I like hearing that. I like hearing that an artist definitely could improve because that just means, you know, great music will turn into phenomenal or ex- like something yeah there's a bittersweet aspect of having a 10 out of 10 album where it's like bro just quit <laughs> you know yeah because exactly. trying to match that is going to be difficult so yeah that's all I got to say and with that I all think right. we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up 100%. go uh, go follow at the Kozak said on Instagram go follow at hedy.abdelatif and go follow Amin Noel if for more amazing gang. production and basketball and We'll see you guys later on Love. another episode of the Cozy Peace. Cassette.